I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. Last time we talked about beats, which are probably the hardest of all the narrative units to understand, so they got a whole episode just to themselves. Today, we're going to cover the rest of the narrative units and talk a bit about the concept of a final narrative unit, which is simply where your story is when it's all done. Writing flash fiction? Then the scene is your final narrative unit. A one-act play? Then the act is your final narrative unit. A novel, a TV episode, a feature-length movie? These are composed of multiple acts, which are composed of multiple scenes, which are composed of multiple beats. And this is where things get complicated. The term I've been using for these narrative units traditionally has been episodes, but that implies that there's a larger series to which these elements are a part, and that is not always the case. And as far as I know, there isn't really a set term for what I'm talking about here, the first truly complex final narrative unit. Only in a series are the composite parts also final narrative units in and of themselves. So the reasonable thing to call these things is a composition. So that's the word. It's beats, scenes, acts, compositions, and series. And thank you to the Patreon supporters in the Chippers Discord chat room who helped me figure out the new term this morning before I recorded this episode. Smartest people in the world, right at my fingertips anytime I need them. It's pretty awesome. All right, so let's get to defining our terms, shall we? We defined beats in episode 19, so we're clear on that. Beats are the smallest unit of story, and story is an event with meaning. So beats are simply moments with meaning, and we use them to build all our other narrative units. Next up, scenes. Scenes can be confusing. One common definition of a scene that I've heard is that a scene is everything that happens in one time or space. That never made sense to me. Story isn't about time or space. It happens within time and space because life happens within time and space, but you can change location within a scene. Think of the West Wing traditional walk and talk in which we follow characters out of the Oval Office and down the hall into CJ's office or to the Roosevelt Room, right? We've just changed our location, but narratively, we are still in that scene. For me, a scene is about the continuity of experience, which would seem to indicate time, right? I mean, it's everything that happens, then we skip in time, and that's it for the scene, right? Well, yes, but what about montages and elides? For those of you unfamiliar with those terms, let's get to defining. Montages are a series of moments, most often appearing in visual media like film or television, in which we skip through moments in time like a flat rock on the surface of a still lake, just seeing the moments that all speak to a particular meaning. When a boxer trains for the big fight over a series of days and we see her jabbing at a sparring partner, running up and down stone steps, drinking raw eggs, we're watching her passing through time. But everything in the montage speaks to one greater meaning. She is training hard for her upcoming match. That's a complete unit of meaning, but it skips through time. In novels, Elides work much like montages. Elides skim us over time, catching us up with the activities of our characters in swift references to what they were doing over a series of days or weeks or even months. Elides also speak to the important stuff, the stuff that matters, the stuff that has, wait for it, meaning. 
So here's the thing. 99% of the time, a scene is constrained by chronological continuity. And if you want to use that as a handy rule of thumb to keep it clear in your head, you can with my blessing. But as with any rule of thumb, there are always four other fingers nearby, and sometimes you need to account for them. Here is the official definition. A scene is a series of beats pulled together to escalate a central narrative conflict. Usually this happens within a chronologically continuous time space, but not always. But seriously, like 99% of the time. Great, so now we've got scenes down, let's move on to acts. Acts are a series of scenes that pull together to accomplish a complete change in the central narrative conflict. In a one-act story, that can be that we've resolved the central narrative conflict, and that is the change. In a multi-act story, it means that we've created a significant change in the protagonist's relationship to the conflict without resolving that conflict. Remember, a narrative unit is only a final narrative unit if the central narrative conflict has been resolved. Otherwise, we just keep moving into the next narrative unit. And it's a good thing you guys don't have a drinking game where you take a sip every time I say narrative because you would really be super dead by now. And I like you. I'm saying don't do that. All right, so now we're on to compositions. A composition is a series of acts that come together to resolve a central narrative conflict. Compositions are, by nature, always final narrative units. Books, movies, television episodes, all compositions. And then we've got a series. A series is made up of multiple compositions within the same story world. In this instance, the compositions become episodes. A series can launch, escalate, and resolve its own greater central narrative conflict as well, and I think the best series do exactly that. But often, they don't. They're just a string of compositions that exist within the same story world. What matters is that we have final narrative units, the compositions within that space. But a series is better if it has its own bigger story happening as well. It's not absolutely necessary, but come on, neither is chocolate, and you don't ask me to live without that. Today's question comes from Julie. Hi, Lonnie. This is Julie. I'm calling with a question for how story works. I've been listening to your uh, podcast for several years now, and I'm a huge fan of all your work, especially the newest show, How Story Works. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the difference between internal conflict and a simple character arc. For example, I'm writing a coming-of-age novel, and I have a clear external conflict between the protagonist, a young girl, and the antagonist, let's say, the bad guy. So that conflict escalates and ultimately resolves through the arc of the story, but along with that, the protagonist's character arcs as she grows and matures and especially as she recognizes and then ultimately overcomes her biggest vulnerability. Is that character arc also a central narrative conflict that is an internal conflict? I mean, is that what's happening in some of the sort of more famous coming-of-age novels like A Tree Grows in Brooklyn or Anne of Green Gables. Any help you can provide on the difference between internal conflict and character arc would be much appreciated. Thanks again. Julie, this is a great question, and I'm really glad you asked. As we've discussed, conflict is when we have two people with mutually exclusive goals or one person who wants two mutually exclusive things. The first is an external conflict, and the latter is internal. Both are legit sources of central narrative conflict. 
A character arc is a change in our character brought about because of the pressure applied by the conflict. We'll be talking about this in much more detail soon when we get into our discussion of character. But for right now, just remember that the difference between conflict and a character arc is that the conflict relates to mutually exclusive goals. And the arc, the change that your character experiences over the course of the story, is a result of the pressure applied to that character because of that conflict. So conflict creates the arc. No one just wakes up one day and changes who they are. They must be put under significant pressure and have no choice but to change in order to win the day. I hope that makes sense, but if it doesn't, hang in there, Julie. We will be discussing character arcs in more depth soon. All right, that's it for today. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447. And leave a message, or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. If you enjoy How Story Works, please consider reviewing it on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with your friends on social media. This is the single most powerful thing you can do to get more people loving all the podcasts you love. So if there are any other podcasts that you feel deserve a larger audience, rate and review them as well while you're there. The more the word gets out, the more podcasts all of your favorite podcasters will be able to make for you. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>